In your Bible this morning to Matthew 16, 1 through 3. And if you'll stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. Guys in the sound booth, I just realized a little while ago I didn't give you my sermon notes. Please forgive me. It's because you didn't have donuts today. I went in there, I said, where's breakfast? They said, uh, the donut place was closed. I'm like, how dare they close on me? So, no donuts, no sermon. For the Seinfeld fans, no sermon for you. <laughs> Matthew 16, 1 through 3. One day the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. And he replied, you know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Let me just read this to you before you're seated out of Proverbs 22. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precaution. A simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. True humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. I want today to prepare you for this coming year as a believer, as a Christ follower, as a, a dad, a mom, uh, be careful not to get caught up in man-made, manufactured hype that everything is going to be good. And if you wait for the end of this message, I trust that you'll see the balance in, in what I'm going to share with you today. There's going to be wonderful good in the coming year, but spiritual forces are clashing. And it is my responsibility to not only preach to you of sin and righteousness, but of preparation. And that's the word that I believe the Lord's given me for today for you is prepare. Now, I want to give you a couple of statements. Don't get overwhelmed by them, but these are some things that should happen in this year, if not in the coming two. Just be expecting them. Increase civil unrest. A greater rift between liberal and conservative, poor and rich, black and white, division. Almost an emotional and mental uh, civil war in the United States. Incredible turnover in national lines, alliances, UN visibility and power. Be on the lookout for a reinvigorated push for a national ID card, uh, a way to track a way to uh, monitor uh, people. Increased and acceptable persecution of Christians and Jews. A winnowing of local churches. Spiritual apostasy and mass deception. Churches are closing today at an exponential rate, but many of them are on life support. And the ones that are seemingly exciting are 
bloodless. There's no centrality of Christ. There's no fall of man. There's no depravity. There's no covering for sin. There's no repentance. And so many churches are going to wither. Others are going to explode because they're going to be speaking what other people want to hear. People will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, hearing what they want to hear with, with no Christ centrality. Any gospel message, any church that sprinkles Jesus among their message only does so to deceive people. We don't sprinkle Jesus to our self-help messages. He is the message. He's the beginning, the middle, the culmination. He's all in all. And, and don't be surprised that deception is going to increase and increase. Now, you may think this is crazy idea, but I believe that Satan has strategies and tactics and they're easy to chart. And some people say, oh, that's just conspiracy. No, it's, it's pretty easy to chart. Let me just give you one. You follow the Disney Channel, okay? We now have kids and Disney Junior and the other, you know, this cartoon, but you got to watch careful on there. Uh, isn't it something that, let's just say the last 15, 20 years, that the main girls and guys that are kids that develop this great following, all of them are innocent, innocent, innocent. They make connectivity with our children. And then when they get to be 19 or 20 years old, they look like a prostitute. They look effeminate. They live uh, a debauchery. Their life is sin-soaked and sin-saturated. And the connection with them, while it was innocent, now follows in the 20s. And you have the Britney Spears and the Christina Aguilera's and the Justin Bieber, all that stuff. What I'm telling you is we're not ignorant of the devil's tactics. And the same thing he does in the secular, he does in the church world. Be prepared for ministers and ministries, national, international, global, who have won a following through safe preaching to introduce heresy and or stray away from the centrality of the message of Jesus Christ in the life of the believer. Because once they have the following, and we've got all these experiences with their teaching and preaching, they now can lead into deception. And it's like the frog being put in the water and it boils slowly. That's going to happen. I've watched over the last 10 years ministers who were called of God with God's anointing on their life get the following and then steer them away. And now it's all self-help and how to be a better you and how to win every time and what's the next level. And, and, and Jesus is just barely mentioned. And if you're not sensitive to that and if you don't know truth, the, the greatest antidote to deception is truth so that you would know truth. But churches are going to winnow and get smaller. The local church as we know it is going to be a thriving, uh, godly local church is going to almost vanish on the horizon. And many will close or they'll just be 10 or 15 people in them on life support. And a lot of the ones with the buzz are doing so because they offer what people want, which could be carnality. Just be aware of that. Um, there could be 
And I believe there will be. And I hope you can weather this introduction. I believe there's going to be a natural disaster. Um, Whether it's uh, one of our volcanoes. that There has to be trigger points that make a nation that's the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the global leader, to be willing to move from its position whether it's a natural disaster or another attack or something to where we would be willing to forfeit control, if you will, superiority, so that we would be part of a one-world government, a one-world currency, a one-world religion. Don't be surprised. And it's not like you anticipate evil. It's just be ready. Be ready in your heart so that there's no surprises. We don't anticipate evil, but we prepare ourselves so that no matter what comes, we as a people are strong in our faith and we are ready. Watch the headlines for anything that will make possible, desirable, or acceptable one world religion, one world currency, one world government. They call it globalization. That sounds so much nicer. Uh, but for God's word to be fulfilled, those things have to be in place. So watch for the pieces as they come together. So what do I need to do to be prepared? And I'll get to the blessings part to be prepared for all of it. What, John, what would you tell me with what you think is coming down the pike for us nationally, geopolitically, economically, spiritually? This is what I would tell you as your pastor if this was my last message. And you have to go into 2017 and beyond. Here's the first thing. You must sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself. I trust you're taking notes today because you will be tested on it. When the Lord gives a pastor a message, not a sermon, but a message, I may not be worth your attention, but if God's speaking through me, that message should be worth your attention. You must sanctify yourself. That means separate from the world and separate unto God, both. Not just separate unto God and bring the world with you and not just denounce everything and wing it on your own, but a distance, a a visible, unmistakable, emotionally led distance from the world. I'm not like you. I don't want that. We don't desire that. I... My citizenship is in heaven from whence also I look for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not my home. Separation from the world, separation unto God. The world doesn't try to look like the church, but the church tries to look like the world. And I'm not preaching legalism. I'm talking about the scripture. Shouldn't this sober us as believers? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If you love the world, the love of God is not in you. You know what believers would say? Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Sanctify yourself. No rebellion. No place where you say, I know what God's word says, but no rationalization, no lukewarmness, no excuses. Making sure that we have eyes that see and ears that hear, and a heart that is sensitive. Jesus said to the Laodicean church, this last day church, I counsel you to buy of me eye salve. 
buy of me. It's going to cost you something. Purchase it. You don't purchase grace, but the ability to see clearly, to feel rightly, to know what I know, to see what I see, to feel what I feel so I can do what I do, you have to purchase from me salve. And I want to anoint your eyes so that you can see clearly what's going on around you. You can see what's carnal and what's spiritual. And I, I'm going to go ahead and be an equal opportunity offender and offend everybody on the first Sunday. But next week is going to be wonderful. So y'all come back next week. Okay. With the rise of social media, I'm amazed at how many things are posted. And, you know, conferences and sermons. And they'll post a clip. And I'll watch it and they'll say, oh, it was wonderful. And my first thought is, that's just flesh. That's just my spirit. Does it, oh, that's because you're critical. Maybe. Or maybe I sense something you don't sense. M just maybe. And we, we've got to know for ourselves because God doesn't accept flesh. So the arrogant preacher that preaches with such polish, that's flesh. The people that try to move you and push you with emotions, that's flesh. If it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, sounds like a duck, you got a duck on your hands. And why does it look so much like the world and we call it praise? Why, why does it look so much? Because it is like the world. There has to be a distinction. You can bring your gifts, you can be contemporary, you can be relevant and not have the spirit of the world on you, which exalts man and doesn't point to Christ. Sanctify yourself. We used to use phrases like on fire for God. And I saw the extreme of that as for a different sermon. But if your heart is not ablaze today, it's because you haven't put any fuel on it. When you break off a piece of your life, purging yourself, uh, disciplining yourself, whatever you give up is the fire that burns in your heart. A brother would, that's not Bible. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, burnt sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Sacrifice doesn't mean they just tie you up. You put to death. And when God was pleased with a sacrifice, what does he do? Consumes it. Sanctify yourself. So that when trouble comes, you are not surprised, you are ready, and you are positioned. Jesus said, whether people can tell, well, sometimes they can tell you when it's going to rain and not rain. But he said, you see the sky this way, you know, can't you read the signs of the time? Listen to your pastor. The world is not going to get better, but a false peace will arise. You will suffer for his namesake. You will be persecuted, Jesus said. And in this world, you're going to have great tribulation, but be of good cheer. God has overcome the world. And the best thing that you can do is prepare for it. Okay, I'm going to shift because it's real quiet in here. I'm going to give you all something funny. Okay. Uh, those of you that were really successful in college, raise your hand. Okay, we hate you. Just thank you. Because there were some of us that we did the... Denny's plan. You go to Denny's at 4 o'clock in the evening. 
and you leave at 4 o'clock in the morning, and you go in and you bomb the test. But Myron, Myron, who didn't play intramural sports, he didn't work out at the health club, he didn't party Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Myron, who studied all day, would never go out, wouldn't even go eat pizza. He aces the test, and it's not because he was a better person, it's because he was prepared. You need to prepare yourself. You are as close to Jesus Christ today as you choose because he said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Number two, we must prioritize. We must sanctify, the word sanctify and the word prioritize. No one can do this for you and God will not do it for you. You need to write that down. No one can do it for you and God will not do it for you. And God help you if you take your cues from the media or your crazy friends. You must differentiate, differentiate between the urgent and the necessary. The urgent is the thing that buzzes all the time. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And, and there's urgent things and there's necessary things. You need to know what's what for yourself. You need to prefer the spiritual to the natural. Anything that you have to have has you. Anything that you have to have has you. And if you can't live without it, you're not really living with it. What is important? God, my family, what I do for God, others. This is your pastor's priority list. God first. Not ministry. God first. My family. Ministry. What I do for God. And then others. And if you're not, and I'm not saying you have to take mine as is, but I believe mine is based on scripture. And I'll tell you this, for my life, anything that's not in order is out of order. And anything that is not in balance is out of balance. It's very hard to reprioritize in a hurry. It's very hard when calamity strikes, like when our uh, New York City was attacked. It's very hard to prepare then. The most important things in your life should get the most time, the best time, and the first time. You don't fit God in. You don't fit your family in. Okay. I'm, I've got four, two four-and-a-half-year-olds and a two-year-old, and I'm 54, so I'm qualified to talk now as a parent. I am worn out, drilled, no sleep, bags under my eyes. I can talk to you. Okay? You're too busy. You're too busy. You're just too busy. You got two cars, maybe three cars, but you're too busy. You live in the right neighborhood, but you're too busy. Your retirement is better than it has been, but you're too busy. What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Not your spirit, your soul. The seat of your affections. The memories with your babies. True friendship. 
ministry, things that you do for the Lord here that await you on the other side. Too busy. And God and our family get scraps. Better to have one car, downsize, move into a place and invest your life in your family instead of spend it on yourselves. Priorities, purpose over pleasure. God fills us with wonderful pleasures and at his right hand there's pleasure forevermore. He gives us things to enjoy but it doesn't have to be possessions. The greatest joys I have are not things, they're moments. They're moments. Know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. 2 Timothy 3. Men shall be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And finally on number two, this is what I would counsel you. Simplify. Simplify. We're too busy, we're too connected, and this is not the old guy preaching about Facebook and telephones. But this is your pastor preaching about being too connected to people. How honest can I be with you? Nobody said nothing. How honest can I be? We'll fire you next week. How honest can I be? Can I just talk to you? I feel sorry. For people and believers. I'll, I'll go into a restaurant and there'll be a table of five. A daddy, his wife, and three children. And every one of them staring at their phones. And their life is passing them by. I, I feel sorry for people that know what it's like to be addicted to alcohol and do not understand they are addicted. They are addicted to connectivity and instant approval. I liked you. Did you like me? How many likes did I get? That's, it's crazy. I have a cell phone. I have a smartphone. I'm online. I really don't like it. Well, why are you on it? Because that's the only way people communicate to me now. <laughs> Pastor, I've been trying to reach you all week. I said, what? I Facebooked you. You know, four people died yesterday and you didn't come. I, said, I didn't know. Well, I put it on your Facebook. So that's, I'm telling you, that's why I keep it. And I can promise you this. You have a temporary sense of, and no deep sense of belonging and loving. I have already raised my children. This is me. You can get mad at me if you want. It's my choice. I'm going to answer before God for it. Every time we go to dinner, every time we sit at the table, we'll start to go in a restaurant. I say, Daddy's leaving this thing in the car because everybody, everybody I want to talk to is going to be at that table. Simplify. We're too saturated. We're too stimulated. We're too. Can I tell you another secret? Some of y'all are going to, you didn't like me coming in, but you're going to like me going home. You think I've ignored you. I turned the notifications off on my, I don't have any. Well, how am I supposed to reach you? I'll check it during the day. I'm, because I about lost my mind. Ding, 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 ding. You're telling somebody, I just want you to know how much you mean to me. Ding, ding. You go to the toilet. Ding, 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 ding. Stop. Just stop. I do love you. 
I care for you, but my life is more important than keeping up with someone that I don't know their last name where they ate breakfast. Just simplify your life. Listen to me. I'm, I, I'm not, this is spiritual. So you can give yourself fully to your spouse and your children and to the Lord. It's subtle and you laugh at me, but it's true. It's true. It's true. If you, if, if, when you wake up, if the first thing you do is turn on your phone, you are, you're addicted don't tell me that when I woke up and I wanted alcohol, hair of the dog that bit you so it could take, I was addicted. If you can't sit and talk to me without going, first of all, that's disrespectful. Second of all, it lets me know what the priority in your life is. And I know I'm not it. We need, to, we need there's too many ding, ding going on in our life. And yes, I may miss something. But if I don't scale it back, I miss everything. I've done preached my first, I'm an old guy sermon, and I'm just telling you. <laughs> miss everything. Miss everything. Okay, we'll get off of that. Some of you lost your joy. So, number three. I must get stronger. Stronger in God's Word, stronger in His Spirit. All right, all of my non-Pentecostal friends, you know I love you, I love you, and we're so afraid of being spiritual that we're not. Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be Spirit-filled. Well, I don't believe that is for today. Be filled with the Spirit anyway. Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Full of God's spirit. You know what demon possession looks like on TV? What does God possession look like? Full of the devil means evil. Full of the spirit means love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control, and power. And power. Stronger in your faith. Deeper roots. Some of us got flowery branches but don't have any roots roots take time roots happen during dry seasons searching for water and we got to have everything working all the time and God has brought some of us 2016 was a barren year but you didn't realize it you're barren on the surface but your roots are going down baby they're going deeper searching for water and strong so when the rains hit you have something inside of you that holds on they may break off at the top, but under the surface, I'm good. I want you to get this visual. On top is not where the life is. That's what people see. Underneath is where the life is. And baby, if your roots go down, you're good. The devil just blows this cataclysmic wind and branches break off. People go, I'm so sorry. You go, I thank you, but I'm good. I have the capacity to grow that branch back. You see, strong in the Lord. Strong physically. Yeah, I'm starting over. I'm starting over. I'm going to lose a backstreet boy this year. I'm starting over. Well, I just get tired of starting over. Don't quit. You, you've, you'll be putting your belt on with a boomerang. You better, don't quit. Don't quit. 
because I can't be not physically well and expect to live out my faith phys- uh, spiritually well. And what I mean by that is I have to have strength to work. I have to have mental strength. I have to be as well as I can be, stronger spiritually, stronger mentally, stronger financially to the, as much as the Lord would provide, stronger emotionally, stronger relationally. Listen to this. You can't borrow strength from somebody. You can't instantaneously acquire strength in a moment. And you can't fake strength. God said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you might be able to stand in the evil day. Strong in the Lord. Pepe, I want to be strong enough if the devil attacks my family. I can hold my wife with one arm and my babies with the other and let the winds blow. We're not going anywhere. Strong in the Lord, not just enough to get by. Confident, courageous, spirit-filled and strong. A backbone like a saw log. This is not me and not my house. Strong. Would that word describe you spiritually? See, in the 80s and 90s and in the 2000s, we taught the church magic. Come on down. Let that preacher simonize you. Oh, knock you down. You got it. You got nothing. You don't have anything. God doesn't give strength by magic. You grow up into him who is the fullness of God, even Christ Jesus. When you eat of his body and drink of his blood and partake of his spirit and you go through situation and tribulation and stretching and loss and lack and you fight with principalities, you get strong. The word in you quickens you. That's where strength comes. Doesn't come under a man's hand. Comes under the arm of God. Being close to him and drawing from him, attached to the vine. I'm strong because the sap flowing from him is strong. Courageous, getting rid of all fear. How old are you going to be until you stop being afraid? We see in our little girls, naturally, it's the natural disposition for them to all of a sudden be afraid. Olivia's afraid now. Anytime you leave a room, da-da, she's afraid. And Izzy uh, holds the puppies and then puts the puppy down. She's afraid of the puppy. Now, we're not being tyrannical saying, don't stop acting that way and spank them. But I sit down and talk to them every time. I said, baby, we don't have to be afraid. Now, you can be wise and say, I don't want to climb up that. But we're not going to live in fear. We're not afraid of what may come. We're not afraid of what is coming. We're not afraid of what might come. We're not afraid of what happened. No fear. Do you know fear is an accusation against God? That's all it is. And some of you, when you hear it that way, that's going to be the motivation for you to get rid of it this coming year. Well, no, John, I'm just a realist. No, you're afraid. If you saw God clearly, then you would see the thing you're afraid of clearly and you would trust God with it. Fear says that it brings God down out of heaven. We grab him by the collar. We bring him down and said, because you may not be faithful, I must be afraid. And walking with God does not exempt us from difficulty or loss or tragedy. But fear is the interest you pay on it before it happens. No fear. Be anxious for what? 
I remember not too long ago, and this is how the Lord talks to me. And by that, it's not audible. It's in my heart. He said, what part of nothing don't you understand? Nothing. Well, Lord, you, I can prove to you we don't believe. Because we spend the first 20 minutes of our prayer updating God on what's going on. Now, Lord, I know you don't know this, but sit down. I got a lot to tell you. This is why I'm so messed up. Instead of starting saying, Father, I know you know all things. Okay? So here's the honesty. And I'm very troubled by this, so I, I must not be seeing you clearly. So I give you, I cast my care upon you, for you care for me. Fearful people are going to be tormented in the years to come. Tormented. I can prove it to you. Men's hearts failing them for fear of the things to come. That's what Scripture says. No fear. Fear of what I see, fear of the unknown, fear of loss, lack, sickness, failure, fear of death, fear of living. But we are to trust God in the face of evil reports and disappointment. Trusting God in experience, while experiencing pain or sorrow. Trusting him in tests and trials. Trusting him with perplexity, confusion, and darkness. Christianity does not exempt me from those things. It gives me the flexibility to navigate them. Believing God doesn't exempt me. I have sorrow. I have doubts. I have anxieties. I have all of those. But my faith, when I apply it to that, it diminishes. When I see God clearly, what would I be afraid of? If you believed God was with you every moment of every day, what would you ever be afraid of? Nothing. Well, that's just putting your head in the sand. No, I'm not. I see it coming. I see the potential of great persecution coming. I'm aware of it. Instead of being afraid of it, I'm just going to prepare for it. Prepare my heart, my mind, my soul, my body. Prepared. And know that nothing can happen to me that God does not plan or allow. Period. Well, why would he allow it? I don't have the answer to all of those. But he's not left me in it. And I'll get to the victory part in just a moment. We must be strong. Trusting the person of God, the character of God, the promises of God, and the faithfulness of God. Confident that God has a plan. God is working the plan and God will finish the plan. That's probably my favorite original statement that I have. God has a plan. God is working the plan and God will finish the plan. My fear doesn't help it get fixed. Can, you know Moses at the Red Sea? Pacing doesn't help the Red Sea open any quicker. Lord, what you going to do with this Red Sea here? Mm, Jesus, 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 what? Jesus, 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 what? What did God tell Moses? Two words. Come on, stand still and watch what your God's going to do. Watch this. And when you cross the Red Sea with God, Swollen rivers don't ever scare you no more. I've come too far, people. I've seen too much. I know too much. God is faithful. He's faithful. Number four. Only got five, by the way. To be prepared, you must be willing to fight. Against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness, rulers in high places. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. 
2 Timothy 2, you endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please the one who's chosen him to be a soldier. You are a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You're either a good one or a bad one. You're in, you remember when we used to sing, we're little, you're in the army of God? The question is not, are you in the army? The question is, are you loyal or disloyal? Are you proven or unproven? Are you present or AWOL? Are you courageous or fearful? When I go into battle, I, I, you know how they buddy up? I don't want some guy that's timid with his hat turned backwards and his coat pulled over his head. I want some guy that'll chase, chase hell with a water pistol with gasoline drawers on. I want somebody that, let's get him! Like, yeah! You're to fight for your family. I am asking the Lord this morning that this message somehow unwrap that man that has spent his life being timid because he's so afraid of what people might think of him that he doesn't fight for his family and fight for his babies. For that woman that cares more about if her jewelry's coordinated than she's covered her babies in prayer. I just, uh, I think in the year to come, we need mamas that, that see all that's going on in their schools of their children and all the nuances that are happening and how the film of this world gets on them and there's only so much we can protect them from and mama feeds them the snack and they come in and get them going and they're doing their homework and then mama goes in her bedroom and shuts the door and says, now father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I come against and that woman fights in prayer for her babies. And says, not on my shift, not today, not tomorrow. You want to fight? you got to fight on your hands. Listen, it's one thing that heaven knows your name, but when hell knows your name. That demon said, Jesus we know and Paul we know. Paul put one on us at Ephesus. You don't mess with Paul. You may be ready to fight because if you don't fight... You will be overcome. No, Jesus pulled the devil's teeth at Calvary. Well, not to have no teeth. He's sure gumming a lot of Christians to death, killing them, devouring them, family at a time. And sir, I don't know who this is for, but that giant in your life that you haven't killed, are you going to leave him for your babies? Funny thing about giants that aren't killed, they have children. And had David not had killed Goliath, he would have had babies and grandbabies. It's time, it's time to fight for our faith, fight for truth. I don't mean being obnoxious at work. I mean the spiritual hidden man of your heart where you gain ground in, uh, in, in, in the world and in your family and you fight for God. It's not like, well, just whatever, Lord, whatever will be, will be. You'll lose ground is what will be. Why would he tell you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and put on the whole arm of God so you could watch? You know what our problem is as a church? I'm just going to hit it all. I'm going to hit all of it. All the churches group us all together. We think the huddle's the game. So we come together on Sunday. That's the game. No, this is the huddle. Can you imagine if the teams that played yesterday, some didn't show up at all, but the, the teams that played yesterday, they get out on the field, quarterback says, okay, all right, strong right, 
double Z out on one. Ready? Break. And they all walked up in the stands and left. You go, what? We, we, we played. This is the huddle. This ain't, a game. this ain't the game. Nothing's happening in here. No souls are being won unless they respond to the gospel message. No ground is being taken in your family. And no one gets a victory by forfeit. The devil's not going to forfeit. You fight for your family. You fight for their affections and the, their souls and their future. You wrestle. And if they lose ground, may it not be for our cowardice. Because they still have their choice. Willing to fight. Jesus said in Luke 18, 8, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he even find faith in the earth? Faith enough not to let go. I recently got two little boxer bulldogs. Listen, one of the favorite things I've ever done in my life. This is part of my simplify, by the way. A replenisher to me is my dogs. I am so energized by my dogs. I, love, I just lay in the front yard 30, 40 minutes time, let them crawl all over you. And puppies, I've got like 20 lacerations on my arm that bleed like a stuck pig where they just go, and it just squirts blood, you know, but that's okay. You just wrap it up in gauze and you lay there. And I, 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 I used to breed bulldogs. I did for about 10 years. I bred boxers and I just, I just, I just loved it. Funny thing about a bulldog, you may not know this or not, but their nose is slanted backwards. You know why? God designed them this way. So in a fight, they can bite you and breathe without letting go. So your dog got all these muscles and frou-frou and got a little peacock thing going. And this one here has been trained. And the other one said, yeah, but I can hold on till next New Year's Eve. God grant us faith like a bulldog that says, when you give me a promise... Thus saith the Lord, mine. You ever seen them dogs hang from the tire swing? They bite it, there'll be a piece of cloth or something, and they just swing, and they're not hurting. The tail's like, oh, oh, I was born to do this. <laughs> tenacious faith. What will, the year, what will this year look like if you had tenacious faith? And say, say like Caleb, give me my mountain. The things that the Lord promised, they are mine. And I'm not name it, claim it. I am listening to what he says and possessing. Totally different. And finally, number five. And I don't ever do this because it's learned on television. And some preachers do it for different reasons. But I just think it, it's appropriate. I want you to punch that person. It's like, not hard. Just let, get their attention. They don't know, you don't know they're there, but tell them. Say, now listen to this point. Tell them. No, no, you need to listen. Unplug your ears and listen. Don't be hard-headed. Listen. Listen. Number five. For this year, the word is Expectancy. Expectancy. That means if God does something wonderful, I'm not the least bit surprised. No surprise. The Lord answered that. Can you believe that? None of that. Some of us have not because we ask not. And when we ask, we ask amiss that we can consume it upon our lust. You, you could probably count on one hand how many believers in your inner circle that live with divine expectancy. 
which means I believe that right around the corner is God. I believe that right around the corner is God's best. I believe that right around the corner is God's provision. I believe that God is the author and finisher of my faith and no weapon formed against me can prosper. God will find me. God will take care of me. God will look after me. God will defend me. God will vindicate me. God will elevate me. I'm expectant that with all the evil the world brings, God laughs at it because the earth is his footstool. His feet are propped up on it. He's reclines and I do what I want to do when I want to do it. And John is mine. He's mine. He's mine. No surprises this year. No. Can you believe the Lord did that? I want to I hear it among our people. I told you so. You know why we don't say it in advance? Because we don't want to look silly and we are so concerned with what people think that we've lost our fear of what God thinks. I would rather be vulnerable and look like a fool than not be expectant and be validated in my lack of expectancy. This is not a Bible verse, but it's the Gospel of John. (laughs) Blessed are those that expect nothing from the Lord, for they shall not be disappointed. It's truth. Lisa, would you play for me today? Do you mind? Have we got the piano or is it, is it the electric or does it matter? Is it on, Ben? I, I can't see. I just got lights in my eyes. So hum something up there, Lisa, if they don't work. <laughs> this is going to take a lot of honesty. Okay? In the same way like I just can't stand it when my clothes are tight. You know why I'm not wearing a tie? My shirts don't fit. Makes me mad. Stupid clothes. I throw them down in the closet. Stupid, stupid clothes. They don't make them like they used to. They shrink. Go to tie my shoes and I pass out. It's something wrong. Something wrong with me. But you got to be honest with yourself okay to make changes you got to be willing to keep score and watch the changes now I'm asking you nobody answer do you live in divine expectancy yes or no that's why we don't receive because he that cometh to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder a rewarder of those that diligently expect him. They look for him. He looks and goes, they're not looking. They're not. They don't believe. God doesn't, I told you he doesn't do magic. He doesn't just validate our lack of faith, but a grain of faith moves him. I'm expecting this year, I'm expecting the world to continue to lose their mind I'm expecting geopolitical turmoil. I'm expecting economic negativity and or collapsing at different sectors. I'm expecting retirement funds to do this. I'm expecting to grow older. But having said all that, I'm expecting God to keep me in the palm of his hand and never let me go. I'm not worried about it. And I'm looking for good. You know that baby at Christmas that wakes up, Santa came. Yeah, can I have a Pop-Tart? Come here, just. 
And this other one is just, I know, I know, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I wonder if we're not thrilling the heart of God because we sit there and open what he gives us and we treat socks as the same thing as a car. Divine expectancy. It's one of the ways we honor God. You say, well, why, John, why are you so, why are you anticipating so much? What's going on? I just know you. And you know how much this means to me. And I know that you are so good that your goodness has to find me. Are you serious? God, I'm serious. I'd almost fainted. But I waited to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And oh, he's good. Oh, he's good. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and the Lord's going to strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. And cast not therefore away your confidence because your confidence has great reward. Now, don't you get the visual. Everybody look this way. Your confidence. Don't throw your confidence away. The reward is in the confidence. That's why I don't have the reward. Yes, go pick it back up. It unfolds and the answer is in the confidence. The confidence is the evidence of my faith. I prayed. Well, God invited. I prayed. God heard. So the answer's coming. Well, what's it look like? I, 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 anybody can see what it looks like, but I see something you don't see. Remember when that woman lost her baby? And the prophet came to her and said, ask her how it is with her son. She said, it is well. Because she laid that dead baby on the bed of promise. It was the prophet's bed. I didn't ask for these promises. You gave them to me. Keep your word. And miracles happened. Expecting answers to our prayers. Some of you prayed so long for something and you just get so tired. There's a tipping point. What if this year the last prayer is prayed and God said, that's it, don't ask me. Get ready. <laughs> it's answered. Well, when's it coming? I, I, I just want to watch. Just watch. Just watch. Just watch. Get ready. When he says, John, ah, yes, I'm waiting. Yes, 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 yes. You act like you're expecting something. Mm-hmm. Y'all know when you're expecting something and the, the doorbell rings and Amazon We've given away half of our assets to Amazon. I don't know if y'all have. That doorbell rings. Two things. I know something good's at the door, and I know I got 60 seconds till pork chop eats it. So I got to get out there and get it. Expecting. Expecting. Mama Sheila, where are you? Suddenlies. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. Suddenlies. Be ready for a suddenly where God just, no, no notice, just bam. The report comes, the news comes, the, the burden's gone, the shoulder loosened up, the cancer dissipates and leaves your body. And all, we, could, we had no, see, God doesn't have to use momentum. Just suddenly, He says, You are free. And then all of your life has to line up to that. You are blessed. I remove that generational curse from you. And when God, it just everything lines up. Suddenly, unexpected Lord surprised me this year just just anyway anytime just suddenly appear on the horizon expecting God's power divine power supernatural power unmistakable displays of divine force expecting God's faithfulness 
expecting God's provision, you must increase your capacity to receive. Just give me a minute more, just a few minutes, I'll be done. When you go to the restaurant, I love a lot of ice in my tea, but I need a separate glass because with a lot of ice in my tea and they come to fill it up, they go, and then you got your little straw, it's gone. Oh, you drank it all? Well, it wasn't but that much. And girls will get out a spoon and they'll go, one, two. What do us guys do? Throw it in a bowl. Now put some tea in there. I have capacity now. We're so full of things that we don't have room for it. So Lord, I put all this in here. I added all these responsibilities. I'm doing all these things. Whatever you want to pour in me, do it. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Look, watch. Oh, I don't know who this is for. Look how empty I am. Am I ready? Look how empty I am. Look, Lord. Look at the hollowness of my soul. I've not filled it with temporary things. Have your way in me. And he begins to pour. And there's not even room to contain it. David said it. My cup. (laughs) Just runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy. Come on. (laughs) Has followed me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in God's house forever. Expectancy. And finally... If you don't create the expectancy in your heart, it will not happen because God's not going to do it for you. Where you make yourself, you speak to yourself, you change yourself, you change your mindset. You go, no, I'm changing my mind. That means I got to get rid of the old way I think and I'm changing my mind. You need to expect absolute victory. Unmistakable victory. God does not know partial victory. So whatever the giant, whatever the impossibility, God's not just going to help you. God help me somewhere, somehow, in Jesus' name. No. Thanks be to God who always, oh, please hear that in your spirit, always causes you to triumph. Always. But what about always? But the doctor said, always. I'm expecting to overcome, to go through, to come out, to get over, to finish victorious in Christ. Now that doesn't mean I won't have setbacks or difficulties. Doesn't mean I won't get knocked down. All it means is that the destination will be sweeter because I've took some lumps along the way. That's all. I'm finishing and I'm finishing with joy you knew know this is the last thing I'm going to tell you my last last thing I just feel like preaching today so the joy of the Lord is your strength not joy is your strength his joy how do you get his joy it's caught not taught you're just around him and you're so close that it just seeps into you it's his way of looking at stuff that's what joy is he knows what he's going to do Philip how much would it 
take to feed all these people? And he asked him that not because he was curious of Philip's opinion because he already knew what he was going to do. You know why God is joyful? He knows what he's going to do. He knows how it's going to end. I'm challenging you to make the modifications in your spiritual diet so that you can create divine expectancy. I'm telling you, it's fun. I am my most happy when I'm expectant. And I'm my most miserable when I'm not. So Lord, whatever you got on the next page, be it unto us according to your will. Period. Have your divine way in our lives. Period. Give us courage, Lord, to receive your words and and graft them into our soul that we can look at an uncertain future and say, if God be for me, who and what could ever be against me? I'm fine. I'm good. If you're away from the Lord this morning, you're backslid. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you say, Brother John, I may not know all of what you spoke today, but I know I'm not right with God. Do you think God would save me? Absolutely. John, would he take me back? I know what's right. I'm just not living right. Absolutely. No one looking around. Say, I'm praying that prayer today. No one looking around, please. If that's you, slip your hand up today. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Would you stand with us this morning? Everyone that calls Christ Chapel home, I want you to be here next Sunday. I believe, I don't know for certain, but I believe it's going to be one of the biggest days in the history of our church. So, Lord, have your way. Whether it's yes or no, whether it's forward or sit still, we just want to be in your will. And, God, there's a, there's a divine expectancy in my soul. I love you today, Lord. I trust you. We commit our way to you. Let 2017 be the fullness of your spirit in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.